Good morning and happy Resurrection Day to everybody. How's everybody over here feeling today? Oh, man, y'all look good. You look good. How about all these folks over here? Come on, let me hear you. Welcome, welcome to church in the middle section. Hey, how about our friends and family watching around the world? Would you give a shout out to all those joining us? Happy Resurrection Sunday, everybody. Thank you for taking the time to be with us. Whether you're here in the building or watching online, I really believe this, that you're in the right place at the right time. Do y'all know how this goes? Doing the right, let's say it together. I'm in the right place at the right time. All right, wow. Man, I, I really believe that. That got a little squirrely there, I'll just be honest with you. I was, I was second, first service. People were clapping on all kinds of beats. They were just so excited. It was like, I don't know how the drummer kept up because everybody's clapping off. It's Easter. It's okay, right? I really believe this with all my heart. Whether you are, are called this place home today uh, and you've been a part of this house or whether you're newer to the house or maybe you're a guest with us, uh, I want to say exactly what Stephanie said. Uh, we want to say welcome home. We really believe that this is going to be a, a life-changing few minutes for you. And, and, and for me as well. And so I ask you, just be you. If you need anything, man, your kids are being well taken care of upstairs. Hey, there's Easter bunnies after the service. What would be Easter without some bunnies and some chocolate? So I just want to let you know your, your kids are being well taken care of. And, and, and they're going to have a great time. You know, I think about uh, my family's here. Would my, some of my family, would you guys stand up? Come on, stand up. Yeah, come on. Thank y'all for coming today. Um, I, I think about Easter, and, and my immediate thought goes to when I was a kid, and we did Easter egg hunts. How many of y'all do an Easter egg hunt today? Come on, we're not religious around here. It's all right to have some Easter and some eggs and some bunnies. How about y'all over here? Any Easter egg hunts going on today? Thank you for taking care of those kids, and shame on y'all for not. But my earliest memories go back to when someone says Easter. I think of Russell Stover's chocolate. I think of plastic eggs. I think of me and Joey have to get dressed up, Trent probably too, get dressed up in our Miami Vice suits. <laughs> right? We got pictures to prove it. Uh, I, I remember coming to church with your best. And, and again, down south, everybody wears their hats. You always sat up front because you'd never want to get stuck behind some lady with a hat on. It was before we had screens in the auditorium, but... I think about Easter being a fun time, but I, I, I think that as a pastor now, my mind is shifting. Again, we have kids. We're going to have some fun today, but Easter's all about Jesus. You just say that with me. Say, Easter, it's all about Jesus. I'm going to jump right in and preach today if that's okay with y'all. The true meaning of Easter is it's all about Jesus. Everybody say, Jesus. See, Easter is the foundation for our Christian faith, if you're a believer here, you've accepted Christ, today is the day that everything that we believe builds upon. It's the, it's the foundation that all of our beliefs are hinged upon. The whole Bible from the beginning where you look and find the table of contents all the way to the maps in the back, every bit of that book points to Jesus. Our whole belief system, everything that we say and do and the way we live and the way that we respond to God and others, everything hinges on this fact today because without the resurrection, everything we believe is pointless. Our faith is pointless. 
I like the way 1 Corinthians, Paul said it to the church in Corinth in 1 Corinthians 15, 14. We'll put it on the screen for you. He says, and if Christ had not been raised, our preaching is useless and so is your faith. It's a pretty powerful statement. Amen. Back at you. And if Christ not be raised in our preaching, what I do every week and other staff pastors, it's pointless and useless. And, and you as a church family, if he was not raised from the dead, your proclamation of faith, it's, it means nothing. But it's true. He did raise from the dead. Listen to what the Weymouth translation says. He says, without the resurrection, we are delusional. Delusional. Thank you, Miss Althea. There's a lot of delusional people in the world because what they believe isn't true. What they believe is a fictitious story. What they believe was passed down from generation to generation. But there's no reality in it and there's no life change that comes from it. And you and I are in a different place today. If you're a believer, that we live a resurrected life today in Him because what He said He was going to do, He did it. And who He said He was going to be, He was and still is that person. He's the resurrected King. Today, I want to pose for the next 19 minutes one question or two questions to you. And these questions are, who is Jesus to you? Maybe you're here today and you were invited by a guest and you don't know who Jesus is. I want to help you answer that question. And, and, and who do you say that he is? There's a lot of people that talk about God and faith and Jesus and the Holy Bible and they have their opinions that came from somebody else. But my question to you that I pose to you today is who is Jesus and who is he to you? Let me pray for you, Lord. We thank you for this opportunity to gather together and celebrate your, your risen son, not only the son that died and then went to hell and took the keys of death, hell, and the grave, but then now raised, raised from the dead by the power of the Spirit. We believe that he is alive and active and he actually lives in us, giving us the same supernatural power that happened over 2,000 years ago in his life. Lord, give me boldness to declare your word. I ask you to give us hearts to hear, hearts to receive and ears to hear what you want to say to us today. In Jesus' name, everybody said. I want to look at one passage of scripture today, and I'll be short in my message. Matthew 16. If you don't have a Bible, we'll put it on the screen for you. It says, when Jesus came to Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples this question. What are people saying about me as the son of man? Who do they believe that I am? And they began to answer, some are convinced you're John the baptizer. Others say you are Elijah reincarnated. And then there's those that believe that you're Jeremiah or maybe just another prophet brought back from the dead. And, and he says this to them is, but what do you say? You, you, my disciples, my, my friends, my companions, the, you guys that have been with me for three and a half years, I, I was grateful that they say that, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter, the loudmouth, he, he spoke up quickly, always quick to talk. He said, you're the anointed one. You're the Christ. You're the Messiah. You are the son of the living God. I think Jesus got excited there because the guy that we all thought was crazy, he's actually the most brilliant of the bunch. And in verse 17, Jesus replied, and he said, you are favored and privileged, Simeon, son of Jonah, for you didn't discover this on your own, but my father, everybody say my father, my father. 
my Father in heaven has supernaturally revealed to you. And now, because of this revelation, I give you the name Peter, the stone, the rock. One translation says, the foundation, and upon this rock will be the bedrock foundation on which I, everybody say I, I. Jesus, Jesus builds his church. Upon this revelation, upon this name that I've given you, I'm going to create my legislative assembly, and the power of death will not be able to overpower it. And then I will give you the keys of heaven's kingdom to forbid on earth that which is forbidden in heaven and to release on earth that which is released into heaven. I think about this scripture because when I read this in, in my quiet time, and I did in preparation for this message, this is a story and a, and, a, and a time where Jesus is talking about identity. He's talking about who, who do they say that I am? Who do they think that I am? Who do they think that I should be? And, and then and he talks about who do you say that I am? He's asking about identity. What's my true identity? You know, we live in a day and age where we're obsessed right now about identity, you know, for the last 20-something years since uh, the, the, the bombings and all the terrorist attacks that happened here in the U.S., man, ID has been a very important thing. You can't go anywhere without a driver's license. Any of y'all travel at all? We like, to, we like to get on airplanes and go travel. What's the first thing you do when you check in? They say, sir, can I have your ticket in your... Oh, y'all been on airplanes before. I love it. And you give them the ID, and then what do they do? They look at it. Hmm. Sir, you look thinner than you look here in the... They squint at it as if they've seen you or the picture you want. IDs have become important. How about all my international family here? Where's all my people that were not born in the United States? That's pretty weak for an international church. I was hoping my Kenyans and my Brazilians and some of my Puerto Ricans. Where's all my Dominicans in the house? Come on, make some noise. It's Easter, guys. It's our house. We can do what we want. They have to put up with us now. But when you travel internationally, they want what? They want your passport. Sir, passport, man, passport. They want to see your ID. They want to make sure you are who you say you are. See, at first, identification was about safety, and now in this culture, it's about personal choice and freedom. Culture now says you can identify as whoever you want. And we can't discriminate against those that want to identify as something else. But I want to ask you this today. What if safety, what if it wasn't about safety or freedom of choice? What about our true identity? What if I told you that your true identity is not about safety or choice, but rather authority and power? What if our identity is not something that we choose, but rather something that we discover that was chosen for us by God, our creator? What if I told you that you can't discover who you really are until you discover who he really is? He asked them, who do people say that I am? Today we would say it like this. What does culture say about God? Who does culture say that Jesus is? If we were to take a poll and go around the room and say, what do you think that culture would say if we put an Instagram poll out today? Who is Jesus? Man, we would get some of the craziest responses because they have a distorted view of who he was, who he is, and ultimately who he's called us to be. Takes it from the culture to his compadres, his friends, his 
his dudes, he then makes it personal and asks them, who do you say that I am? And what he's doing is he's giving them an opportunity to separate themselves from culture and release their faith and accept him as the Savior, as the Messiah, as the one that had been proclaimed to come for thousands of years. And in that moment, Peter gets so excited and he releases his faith with his words. He says, you're the Messiah. You're the dude. You're the man. You're everything that you said you were. Let me read this to you. Many people live their entire lives struggling to identify who they really are because they just go along with what everyone else tells them they should be. Society wants to tell our children who they should be. I'm not, I'm not a huge fan on social media for teenagers right now because you could tell them who they are in God and you could show them the Bible and in one moment they could find an Instagram post from some influencer that tells them something contrary to the foundation for which God was going to build his kingdom and then their authority is stripped from them because they live a life according to what somebody wants them to be rather than something that somebody destined them to be. If you're not careful, culture will try to dictate for you who not only God is. At the same time, they will try to tell you who they think you should be. Here's the truth. Your identity and purpose can only be discovered after coming to an understanding of who Jesus was and is today. Listen, when Peter identified and declared who Jesus was in the face of culture, in the face of his friends, that same moment he received the identity that he had been so longing for. He said, you're the Messiah. You're the anointed one. You're the son of the living God. In that same conversation, Peter received his new identity. Peter You figured it out, bro. You know who I am. Now, let me tell you who you are. You're Peter. You're the rock. You're the foundation of the future church. Peter, the preacher. Peter, the disciple. You will one day become Peter, the miracle worker. See, what happened is Peter received his identity and his authority in the same conversation with Jesus. Because once he discovered who Jesus was, he revealed who Peter was. And then he said, now that you know who you are, go in the power that belongs to you. For I will give you the keys of heaven's kingdom. And now you have the authority to forbid on earth what we've forbidden in heaven. And we give you the authority right now because of your identity to release on this earth what we've already released in heaven. Let me tell you this. The great revival that the church is waiting for is not coming because of prayer. It's coming down to identity and people recognize he is who he said he would be. He is who he said he would be. He is who he said he would be. He's alive. He's alive. And guess what? Now I know who I am. And when believers take that authority... And we say, hey, that's not allowed up in heaven. We're not going to allow that in our houses, in our homes, in our businesses, in our finances, in our marriage, in our kids' life. You have the authority to forbid what God forbids. Here's the great part, too. You have the ability to release the power into any situation, in any circumstance. How can you say that? I didn't say it. Jesus said it. He said, I've given you all authority to bind on earth what's bound in heaven release on earth what's been released on in heaven 
Satan's number one job, everybody say number one, is to keep you from discovering who God is. Because then you will discover, never discover who you are. And if you don't know who you are, you will lead a long, powerless life. So many people walking around with no authority, no power. And it's not that it hasn't been given, it just hasn't been revealed. Because they took somebody else's word for who God was. They took somebody else's opinion of who Jesus really was and they adopted into that without doing the homework for themselves and they have been deceived. But here's the great flip side. When you get in the book, when you read it for yourself, when you discover the gospels for yourself and realize this isn't some crazy story, it happened. God's son sent to earth to buy us back, to pay a price for us that none of us could pay, to pay for our sins, past, present, and future. Guess what? Now you step up and realize, wait a second, I was born for more than this? I was created with a purpose, and it goes beyond me and my comfort. It's for all of humanity. In that moment, power and authority are revealed, and then now we have the opportunity to exercise that. My number one goal this, the last few weeks in praying for this service and praying for you wasn't that you'd have a great time at church. You're going to have a great time at church. You're with good people. My prayer was that you would meet Jesus today for yourself. Not some secondhand Jesus that somebody told you about, but that today you would meet him for yourself. So the best way I know how to do that is to look through the book and just tell you what the Bible says. Not my opinion, but who he was in the scriptures. In Matthew, it says that he was the Messiah. In Mark, he's the wonder worker. In Luke, he's the son of man. In John, he's the son of God. And in Acts, he's the Holy Spirit. In Romans, he's our justifier. And in the book of Corinthians, he's the gifts of the Spirit. In Galatians, he's the redeemer of the curse of the law. In Ephesians, he's the Christ of unreachable riches. In the book of Philippians, he is the God who supplies all of our needs. In Colossians, he is the Godhead bodily. In First and Second Thessalonians, he is our soon and coming King. In First and Second Timothy, he's our mediator between God and man. And in Titus, he's our faithful pastor. In Philemon, he's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. In Hebrews, he is the blood of the everlasting covenant. In James, he's the great physician. And in 1 and 2 Peter, he's the chief shepherd who shall soon appear with a crown of unfading glory. In 1 and 2 and 3 John, he is the everlasting love. In Jude, he's the Lord coming with 10,000 of his saints. And in Revelation, he's the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Who is Jesus? Who is this God? He's Abel's sacrifice. He's Noah's rainbow. He's Abraham's ram. He's Isaac's wells. He's Jacob's scepter. Moses' rod. He's Joshua's sun and moon that stood still. He's the mantle on Elijah. He's Elisha's staff. He's the fleece of Gideon. He's Samuel's horn of oil. He's David's slingshot. He's Hezekiah's sundial. He's the vision of Daniel. He's the burden of Amos. He's Malachi, son of righteousness. 
Who is Jesus? Who is this God? He's Peter's shadow. He's Stephen's signs and wonders. He's Paul's handkerchiefs and aprons. He's John's pearly white city. Who is he? He's the father to the orphan, the, the husband to the widow. To the traveler in night, he's the bright and morning star. To those who walk in the lonesome valley, he is the lily of valley. He's the rose of Sharon. He's the honey in the rock. He's the brightness of God's glory. The express image of his person. He's the king of glory. The pearl of great price. The rock in a weary land. He's the cup that always runs over. He's the rod and the staff that comfort us and the government of our lives is upon him. Who is Jesus? He's Jesus. He's Jesus of Nazareth. He's the son of the living God. He's my companion. He's my savior. I wish you'd get on your feet. He is the Lord of Lord and King of Kings. Now let me tell you who you are. I told you who Jesus was, but let me tell you who you are. He calls you a son of God, a child of God. You're the branch of the true vine, a conduit of Christ's life. He calls you, and maybe you've never heard this, he calls you a friend. He calls you justified and redeemed. You are no longer a slave to sin. You've been set free from the law of sin and death. You've been accepted by Christ Jesus. You've been called to be a saint. You are a new creature in Christ. You've been chosen holy and blameless before God. You are God's workmanship created to produce good works. You've been given boldness and confidence to access God through faith on your own in Christ. You have peace, the peace of God, which guards your heart and your mind. He sees you as free, saved, whole, and healthy prosperous, living in the light, full of purpose, infused with passion. He sees you as perfect, nothing missing, nothing broken. He sees you as his son. He sees you as a daughter. He sees you as an heir to his throne. This morning, he sees you clean and right standing with him. He sees you bold, articulate, smart, wise, and productive for the kingdom. He calls you blessed, favor, and alive in him. He declares this morning that you're anointed and you've been chosen. He's called you out from among the nations, and he's given you all authority in heaven and in earth. That's how he sees you. I don't know how you came today. Again, maybe you're a regular with us and this is home, or maybe you're a guest and you're still trying to figure out why you said yes to coming today. But my prayer in this moment is that you would say yes to Jesus. I'm asking, would you bow your heads and close your eyes right where you stand today? And as I was reading those things, you may say, man, that's not me. I, I'm, I don't feel called. I don't feel chosen. I don't feel anointed. I don't feel appointed. I, I feel lost. I feel broken. I feel full of sh sin, shame, all of it. It doesn't have to be that way. It doesn't have to stay that way. The Bible says that all who call upon the name of the Lord, they shall be saved. What does that look like? It just means you're responding out of your heart saying, I want that. I need that. Jesus, I'll have that. Please come in my life. Come, come bring that light. It's pretty dark around here right now. I need that hope. I, I need a fresh start, man. I, I've screwed it up over and over again today. I need a clean slate. Let me tell you this. Jesus came for you.
all across this room. If you're here and you say, Pastor, I need that Jesus. I need Jesus. I want Jesus. Would you pray for me? On the count of three, I'm just going to ask you to put your hand up and wave it at me. And I want to pray for you today. They're already raising their hands. One right over here. One, two, three. All across this auditorium. Just wave your hand at me. Say, Pastor, pray for me. I need Jesus Christ. I need him. Yes, 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 yes. So many hands going up. Maybe you're up in the overflow. Just wave your hand. Pastor Tom and our prayer team are up there. They recognize you. And maybe you're watching online. Right there in the chat box, just say, somebody pray with me. I need Jesus today. And our team's going to pray with you. All across this room, just wave your hand up and say, Pastor, I need Jesus. Anybody else? I see you. Yes, sir. I see you. Yes, yes. Anybody else? I see you. The hand's still going up all over the place. Yes, yes, yes. Now look at me. I want to pray with you, but I'm going to ask you to take one more step. I won't embarrass you, but if you raised your hand, I'm going to ask you, would you do one more bold step? Would you come and get out of your seat and come meet me right here at the front? Come meet me right here at the front. I just want to pray with you. I want to do it personally today. I'm not going to send you to a back room. I want to pray with you today. If you raised your hand, come on down. Come on, cheer them on. Come on, buddy. Thank you so much for coming. Come on, who wants to join these few? Welcome, welcome, welcome. So thankful you're here. Come on, so many hands went up. Don't be scared. I just want to pray with you. Maybe somebody brought you. Tell them, say, will you go down there with me? Or maybe you brought somebody. Just ask them. You want me to go with you? I'll go down with you. Come on, one more time all across this room. Thank you so much for coming down. Yes, so good to see you. Right, if you're upstairs in the cafe, you can walk right down front of there. Pastor Tom and them will meet over by the fireplace. They're going to talk with you and pray with you there. But I want to lead you in a prayer in just one moment. They're still coming. Come on in, back on in. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you for coming today. Thank you for coming today. Thank you for being here, my friend. God bless you, buddy. Thank you for coming. Thank you for being here. God bless you. Hey, sweet girl. How you doing? Welcome. Good to see you all. Oh, my goodness. This is my favorite time of the service. All good. Thank you for coming down. Proud of you. It takes courage to come down. Here's what I want to do. I'll pray with you. Maybe you didn't have the guts to come down. I, I don't care. I don't judge you. Just pray this prayer right in your seat. Doesn't matter when you pray this prayer. Maybe some of you go home tonight and you're gonna get in the book and you're gonna look at the scriptures. You're gonna be like, man, he's he's right. This is real. He's he's Jesus. And in that moment, you could call out and say, Lord, I need you right now. And in your living room, in your bedroom, in your car, in your dorm room, wherever you are, he's going to show up. And not only is he going to reveal who he is, he's going to reveal who you are and who he created you to be. All across this auditorium, would you just pray this prayer? Pray it right out of your heart. We're going to pray this out loud. Say this with me. Dear Heavenly Father, come on, one more time. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you today for Jesus. Today I believe. I believe you did send your son from heaven to earth to be my example, to die on a cross, to shed his blood, that my sins would be covered forever. My past is my past. My future is bright in you. So today, 
in front of my friends, in front of my family. I declare you the Lord of my life. Jesus, I choose you. Today, I choose to serve you. I ask you to be my Lord, to be my Savior. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Could you give it up one more time? I'm going to ask if you, those of you that came down, would you just stay for just a moment? There's a prayer team behind you. They want to give you a book. It's our way of just saying, thank you for coming. A lot of times people get saved and they say, now what next? What do I do? We've got a brand new book called Fresh Start for you. We want to give it to you. It just talks about the decision you made today. And then they're going to ask you just for a card. If you don't want to fill out the card, I don't even care. But it's our way of saying, we care about you. We have some tools and resources. We want to help you walk with the Lord from this day forward. And I want to give you one more challenge. Is that okay? Can I give you one more challenge? The Bible says, if you'll confess me before your friends, I'll confess you before my Father. And the Bible says that the way that we go public with our faith is that we get water baptized. And in two weeks, everybody say two weeks. And this is for you down here and everybody in the house and online. In two weeks, we're going to have a massive water baptism right here at IFC during our worship service. And I want to invite you, take another step today. You can go online or you can go out in the hub, sign up for our baptism, and let the Lord work in you to profess your faith to those around you that today's a new day in my life. Amen. One more time, would you make some noise for these friends?